Hey, would you, uh, would you would you just stand for one, just one minute? Could everybody stand? You know, uh, as my wife was sharing with me today before we got here of the uh, situation that happened in the Philippines, um, and the first thing I did was ask Pastor Rose when I came in if she was affected, and I asked a few others. So I just wanted to lift up all these families because as I read, uh, there were over 17,000 people fled to higher ground, and there was so much flooding. And I know a lot of you know, especially those of you that were born in the Philippines, that this may happen every so often because of the situation where they are uh, located. But I just want us to pray for those families. The last count I read, it was over 67 uh, people were lost. So we just want to pray for them and also pray for the folks in uh, Ukraine as you watch some of the news of all the devastation that continues going on. Let's bow our heads. Let's go to God. Father God, we thank you. We thank you, Lord, that um, that you give us this opportunity to come into your healing house. This is the house of healing, Lord. This is the house of prayer, Lord. Because we're obedient to your word, Father God. We love you, Lord. We lift you up on high. And, and Father God, we lift up all these families in the Philippines, Father God. They might have lost loved ones, Father God. I ask you, Lord, to bless them and give them comfort, Father God. Oh, Lord, Father God, that those that were lost were found, Father God. Um, and they can be properly buried, Father God. And, and, and Lord, I just pray for, for the family members, maybe of, of some of our brothers and sisters that are in this church, Father God. Maybe the homes that were almost flooded, Father God. I thank you, Lord, for your mighty hand to be all over these families, Father God. And again, give them comfort. We also pray for all the hurting in the Ukraine, Father God. That so many have been lost already, Father God, because of the great oppressor, Father God, that uh, just has this in his heart to take out people to conquer more land. And, and Father God, we just want to pray for all of them. We give you all the praise, all the glory, and all the honor. In your precious name, Lord Jesus, we pray in the church said, Amen. Amen. So I am truly sorry if you if you lost a loved one, if you were affected in any way. Um, I heard from Pastor Rose that the water did not come into her house, but it was just right right there. And so, you know, what, what does this teach us every day? That our next days are never promised to us. We never know. So I don't mean we need to get ready by buying life preservers, by having rafts and all that, because we may get flooded here. Because we, we are living in a peninsula, if you did not know that. But knowing that God is with us, knowing that our life preserver is Jesus Christ, knowing that um, our protection is Christ every day and every night, 24-7, so again, we definitely will keep everyone in the Philippines in prayer as well as all those all over the world that are suffering so much. Um, this man lived a very reckless life. All his life, from the beginning of his upbringing, lived a re reckless life, never had a care for anything, never even thought of, of common sense. Raise your hand if you know what common sense is. If you believe you know what common sense is, right? But 
some people common sense may still be living on the edge so he lived on the edge he did crazy stuff he's one that wore the shirts if it feels right just do it so one day he went on top of a 10-story building and he jumped off the building and as he was going down the flights of building people could see him and he was screaming at the top of his lungs so far so good so we know how that story ends so far so good the highest court in the united states of america is the supreme court the supreme court makes decisions even though the supreme court has become very political in many ways but the supreme court decrees all the laws that maybe other courts and i'm speaking of district courts appellate uh, courts and also state supreme courts may say the supreme court will oversee override those decisions in our country the united states of america well we as born-again christians we as born-again christian are to understand what i'm about to say and what this message is tonight to be kingdom-minded I want you to understand these two words that was brought up the other day from up here. To be kingdom-minded, right? A born-again Christian must have his focus always on Jesus Christ. And what am I referring to? The focus on any decision you and I are to make. And sometimes we make very poor decisions, all of us, of things that are happening around us why because fear tries to enter into our hearts dissolution tries to enter into our minds depression people I, i've never heard so much talking about depression since this pandemic and the question i've always asked well where is jesus in the middle of all this listen i'm not saying that we're supposed to be superhuman I'm not saying that we're not supposed to have feelings. I am not saying that we don't have moments of, of feeling that we're as God. But if we're going to truly be Christian-minded, our focus needs to be on Christ in any and every decision that we are about to make. So before we go into prayer again to open the service, the message title tonight is, and I want you to think about this, you and I. Can you truly say that you are kingdom-minded, born-again Christians? Can you truly say that you are kingdom-minded, born-again Christian? And tonight you will hear what that means. And a lot of you, I'm sure, know already what that means. To be kingdom-minded. Just in the opening tonight, those words were brought up, not the word kingdom, words kingdom-minded, but the fact that we are to press towards God, get closer to God, to understand how we can always, always lift up his name up on high, that we don't live for our sake, but we live for his sake. So let's go to God together and open severs. Father God, we thank you. For tonight we thank you for the words you're about to bring through the holy spirit 
Not to me, because I can never do it any justice, Lord. I can never do it any justice. I can never do anything without you, Lord. I thank you, Lord, for the words you're about to bring. I thank you, Lord, for just touching our hearts and letting us understand what it is to be kingdom-minded, Lord Christ. Lord, help us be kingdom-minded. Help us get closer to you. In your precious name we pray. Amen. So right away, let's hit the, let's hit the ground running. And could we go to Colossians chapter 3, verses 2 through 10. Colossians chapter 3, verses 2 through 10. And, and you know this one very well. But I want you always to keep in front of your mind tonight what it is to be kingdom-minded. So the Word of God says on Colossians 3, verses 2 through 10. Set your minds on things above, not on things of the earth. For you died, and your life is hidden with Christ in God. So I'm going to stop there for a second. If we say that we are born-again Christian, that means that we have died. And the old self no longer exists in us. I'm not saying that we're not going to continue sinning. But I am saying that the focus should be on the new person, on the new you. Why? Because God has given you and I life. When Christ who is our, is our life appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. That is powerful. You, you and I will also appear with Jesus in glory when we understand that we have died with him and he has resurrected us. He has resurrected us. He has given us salvation, eternal life. Therefore, verse 5, put to death your members which are on the earth. And these are powerful things right here coming up. Fornication, uncleanliness, passion, evil desire, and covetousness, which is idolatry. Verse 6, because of these things, the wrath of God is coming upon the sons of disobedience. And again, you will see this word disobedience. And, and what, what am I trying to say with this word right here? I'm trying to say God wants us to be obedient. Be obedient in, 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 the, in what he's asking us to do. We were made for him, not for us. And if we can understand, it took me a long time to understand that. When I was walking in sin, when I was walking in darkness, I thought I lived for Pete. I was almost like that guy that jumped off the building back then when I was walking in darkness. If it feels good, just do it. But see, now that I'm a born-again Christian, now that I am kingdom-minded, I do every bit of everything I can from my heart and my soul to ask Jesus, Lord, give me more of what it is to be a kingdom-minded, born-again Christian. But verse 8, but now you yourselves are to put off these, anger, wrath, malice, blasphemy, filthy language out of your mouth. Do not lie to one another. And I'm not only talking about this body of Christ. I'm talking about even people you don't even know. You don't have to lie to them to make a point or to come across something. 
since you have put off the old man with his deeds. And again, sometimes the old man and the old woman tries to sneak up on us when we're having a bad day, when we're not having a day that we've had success in our jobs, when we're not having a day that we've been kind to a, a person or another, even on the streets, even at your job. And then we, we think about, oh, Lord Christ, forgive me. Forgive me, Holy Spirit, because I have grieved you. Because again, I brought back the old men when I was upset at someone that was around me that was saying things that were not right about me. Verse 10, and have put on the new man who is renewed in knowledge according to the image of him who created him. We want that new man and that new person that is given by God to live always within, you know, our hearts. You know, that when we're having a tough moment, we have to be, again, minded, kingdom-minded to understand that we are to ask God, Lord, how am I supposed to react to this? I love a lot of you sometimes when I have spoken to you and I see that you sometimes maybe are a little bit upset. God has given you so much wisdom and I'm so proud of you when I've spoken to you on the phone. When you wait before you say something. And I remember those days, I couldn't wait to say something. But that something was not politeness. That something was not love. That something was not uplifting. And, and I tell you, God is working with me every day on that because again, I press towards God to be more kingdom-minded. So here's some important points to take down if you want to, or just to take with you in memory. And these are all questions to you and I. Have you left the tomb? You know, we need to ask ourselves a question. Do we still feel that we have residency in the tomb, T-O-M-B, and that death that happened in our lives? Or have you and I been resurrected in Christ? Do you truly believe that you are, you have been resurrected in Jesus? Or you, or, or you are you just only about being a good church goer? Does the Holy Spirit truly lives within you? And your decisions come through Him, the Holy Spirit, that is supposed to be our, our teacher, our helper, the one that supports us, the one that gives us the strength to make good decisions all the time. Do we go back to the tomb when we live a life of darkness all over again? Do we have moments that we want to step back in the tomb because we're so ashamed that we're acting the way we were acting before? And listen, all of us go through moments. And the, the beauty of Jesus Christ is he's such a forgiving father. He's such a patient God. He's such a loving God. And I know you hear these messages over and over, but I think even for those of you that are home listening and all over, it, it is so important that we need to stop. And I keep repeating those two words, kingdom minded, because it is easy to say that you're a Christian Anyone can say that they're a Christian. But to be kingdom-minded, 
It takes all of you and I surrendering everything to God. Surrendering our flesh. Surrendering our thoughts. Surrendering our heart. Because sometimes, again, we fall either to the right or to the left. And we forget about what kingdom mindedness is all about. We spoke about freedom in Christ last time I was up here. Christ, truth, has set us free. Remember what that message was about, being free? Well, when we're kingdom-minded, we are to believe that we're set free. Free free from all sins that will incarcerate us, that will have chains around us, that we can never, ever move forward because we forget what it is to be in Christ. We cannot live in two worlds. I know plenty of Christians, and not one in this church, but I know plenty of people that claim to be Christians at the gym and even at, uh, at the homeless shelter where I'm at, that they think they can live in two worlds. They, what do I mean by that? Well, they think they can tell nasty jokes and say, forgive me, Lord. <laughs> I used to be like that. I used to be like that when I was walking in darkness. I would I would kind of get Jesus prepared and I would say, Lord, forgive me for what I'm about to say. What the heck is that? That's an oxymoron. It's like God saying, okay, Pete, I'll give you a free pass. Go ahead. Say what you want to say. And I was reminded, I was reminded, if you know you're about to say something, that you shouldn't say, and you want to be funny with a joke, why would you ask God permission thinking God is going to give you a free pass? You are not playing Monopoly. And that's what happens to people sometimes. We think, well, you know what? It's okay. If I ask God permission, that used to be me when I was walking in darkness. And I would always have to pick up that phone and call my mommy and say, Mom, you need to pray for me because I think I messed up again. That was my go-to person, my mom. Adoption in Jesus and identification with Christ, the risen one. We are confidence of no separation of the love of God for us. Do we separate ourselves from him? Yes, we do. At times when we want to do things ourselves, and again, we're not focused on kingdom minus, but we know that nothing can separate the love of God for us. Nothing. Nothing you and I can do. Nothing you and I can say. Even if you wake up acting like a knucklehead that morning, or whatever you may say, God still loves you and I for what we say and what we do. But again, if we want to press towards Jesus, we have to press to be more like him. I'll give you an example in a second what happened to me at the gym today that was really interesting. So, if we are truly serious about being kingdom-minded, we must give ourselves totally to Him, serving one God, the God from above. Today at the gym, I come up to these two ladies that I've known. They're my age group, and they were talking with one another. And I always like to crack a joke to them and say nice things. And, and, I, and I said this comment, look at this, two women 
two angels and four noble women talking to one another. One of them turns to me and says, you know, you are always so kind. You always say such nice things. And here's what I said to her. What's well, not me? It's the Jesus in me that loves you. And here's what she said to me, that one person. She said, well, you know, uh, I don't know about that. I'm Jewish. And I said, whoa, Jesus was a Jew. Did you know Abraham was a Jew? Did you know Moses? You know David? She didn't know what to say. But I still loved on her. And I said this to both of them. Uh, and, and one of them is a born-again Christian, by the way. I said to both of them, you know, I want to love you the way Jesus loves you. And, and she looked at me like puzzled. And I said, but I have a great workout. And I just walked away from them. And, and, and that's what happens when you get an opportunity to bless someone with what would Jesus do or what would Jesus say? Like it was said here at the opening of, of, of today's service. Don't lose that opportunity. Say something to them that's going to be uplifting, loving, caring. That's going to get them to, to, want, to, to want to hang out with you. Because they see Jesus in you. Men or women, it does not matter. If you could go to Romans chapter 12, verses 1 through 2. Romans 12, 1 and through 1 through 2. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, this is Paul, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. Verse 2. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is good and acceptable and perfect will of God. And this is what kingdom mindedness is so important. This is why it's so important. And I know you hear the same messages, messages over and over from up here. Why? Because God is coming. And we want to be those that are the acceptable ones. And we need to reach out to others that don't even know who Jesus Christ is or rebuke him. But the way it was said at the beginning today of, uh, of the service for our church, but to do it with love, not to do it with judgment. Anybody can say to anyone, oh, I know you're going to hell at Federal Express. How do you think that's going to help that person? It's not going to help them at all. Not in mine, not the way I, I believe. It would never have helped me when I was walking in darkness. But if we approach him and say to them, listen, I want to tell you about someone that has not forgotten about you, even though you claim that you don't know him. And that's our Savior, Jesus Christ. It, it is so wonderful when we can share the word of God with others. Again, we don't have to force Jesus. And I know I said this when I was up here last time. We don't have to force Jesus down anybody's throat. You never have to. God never forced himself on us. God just loved us and loved us and loved us when we did not deserve to be loved. So important points here. God calls us to make a choice about the way we live for him. Yeah, that's what this kingdom minus message is about. And understanding that if we're kingdom-minded, the central focus is on Christ. The central focus is on Christ. 
If you could, go to 2 Timothy, verse, chapter 1, verses 8 through 2. 2 Timothy, chapter 1, verses 8 through 12. Therefore, do not be ashamed. And we speak about this every time we're here. Of the testimony of our Lord, nor of me, his prisoner, but share with me in the sufferings for the gospel according to the power of God. You're going to be rebuked. You're going to be put down. There may be people that may throw stuff at you. But again, you still turn the cheek the other way and, and still love on them. Still pray for them. Who has saved us and called us with a holy calling, not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and grace, which was given to us in Christ Jesus before time began. The plan was already set for you and I. The thoughts were already planned, even before we were even thought of, that God was making us in his image to serve him. But as now being revealed by the appearing of our Savior Jesus Christ, who has abolished death and brought life and immortality to life through the gospel. Verse 11, to which I was appointed a preacher, an apostle, and a teacher of the Gentiles, Paul speaking. For this reason, I also suffer these things. Nevertheless, I'm not ashamed, for I know whom I have believed and persuaded that he is able to keep what I have committed to him until that day. Amen. See, it's that covenant with Christ. It's that covenant that we have that we know that he will never fail us. That we know that we can come to him like we did at the opening of, of, my, of the message tonight. Um, that we know that we can pray for the hurting. We can pray for the broken. That we can pray for healing for all that are lost in this world and continue. As Paul told Timothy, it applies to all who are born again Christians. What Jesus Christ has given us, let it guide our lives each and every day. Definitely guide us in the thinking. And that's the biggest of the all, because our minds can wander off all the time if we're not focused on Him. The power of God is always there, but listen, church, it is not always there to remove the difficult moments. Oh boy. Are we going to have difficult moments? Yes, we are. Are we going to have uncomfortable moments? Yes, we are. Are we going to have moments that we may start questioning our faith? Yes, we are. Yes, we are going to have those moments. But it sometimes is there to see us through the difficult times. And I believe God, the Lord, and I know all of you do believe in this too. The Lord allows us to go through certain things because he is strengthening us. He is stretching us. He is building us up to be more like him. Because if you truly ask Jesus, I want to be more like you, help me with, and then you give him a list of things that you are dealing with, whether it be profanity, whether it be watching things that you shouldn't be watching, whether it be saying judgmental things to people, whether you know them or not, it doesn't matter. God wants us to be about his truth because you can't just sit back and let people commit suicide upon their, their, 
their eternal life. But it's the way you and I approach it, the way you and I see it in a loving way. And I believe Potter's House of Coral Springs has that heart, has that love, has those praying hands for those that come in through these doors that are hurting, those that are lost, those that just need for you and I sometimes just to listen to them. You don't have to say a word. Just listen to them. I know it's hard sometimes. But when we listen to them, we sometimes, God gives us a little blueprint of a roadmap of what they're going through. And you will shock yourself. And you say to yourself, like I've had since this thing with Ukraine has happened, oh my goodness, what if I would have to wake up tomorrow and not have the comforts of a roof over my head. This is me speaking to God. What if I woke up and I would see a dead body right beside me and that dead body was of a, a friend or a relative of mine because something, a bomb that was dropped on the building that we were there for shelter, something came down and struck that person dead. You know, we think we have it so bad until we see what others go through. And think about what happened in the Philippines two days ago and what has happened. I mean, it is devastating. Listen, I even imagined that one time, and I don't mean this to joke about this or make this in light of this important thing, this travesty, travesty. I said, well, if a big flood comes here in the peninsula of Florida, I'm a good swimmer. I'll be just swimming around, happy as could be. What a knucklehead. Thinking that I'm going to be able to fight the, the currents of floods and the strength of water, which is one of the strongest elements there is in the world. That's why, if anything I could tell you tonight, is don't take anything for granted that God has given you. Not one thing. Not the pair of shoes you're wearing. Not the glasses you're wearing. Not, not the attire you're wearing. Because when you see people, how they're hurting out there, it, you, you almost feel like you feel like ashamed of yourself. You didn't do anything, but sometimes you forget to give God the praise, the glory, and the honor for just being able to breathe, being alive. It's just like what I heard yesterday on the 700 Club. People that had COVID, like some of us in this church had, they're now dealing with what they call, they, name, they gave it a name, COVID overwritten. They're still suffering with COVID. Some of them have had shots and they interview some of them. Some of them happen to be Christians on the 700 Club. And they interviewed them and they said, I've never been the same ever since I got COVID. Never been the same. I still struggle. I have no energy. I cannot go back to work. Right away, I fall on my knees and I thank God. My wife and I had COVID. We never had a shot, not one booster. Now you're going to have to take, according to Dr. You-Know-Who, four shots now, okay? Is this going to stop? It may never stop. But I tell you what, if you and I have Jesus, in front of us, 
above us and within us, we'll be able, we'll be able to conquer any disease or virus through him. Anything. Amen. Because it's going to be thrown at us. I still see a lot of people in my gym wearing masks. Some of them are wearing two masks. I never judge them. But I, I, I don't know, you know, I, I don't know what I can say to them that will make them feel better other than Jesus. Jesus is still in control. He still sits at the right hand of the Father. He has not forgotten you and I. Being kingdom-minded, we, we born-again Christians stand on the assurance that Jesus Christ is with us and he will see us through situations good and bad. Isn't it great? Raise your hand if you feel good that you have the assurance that Jesus Christ is still with you and is still guiding you and is still protecting you and is still healing you and is still finding a way out for you. Woo! Hallelujah. That is powerful. If you could, go to James chapter 4, verse 7 through 8. And we speak that all the time. But sometimes we only say half of that scripture about drawing close to him. Okay? James chapter 4, verse eight, 7 through 8. Therefore, submit to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Well, how do we resist the devil? Well, when you have those thoughts that are not godly thoughts, you and I, when you have those thoughts of maybe retaliating back to someone that has said something hurtful, or you want to sound like you're a little bit tough, don't mess with me that way, kind of thought. Verse 8, draw near to God and he will draw near to you. But here are the words that we sometimes omit. Okay? Cleanse your hands. You sinners, talking about you and I. And purify your hearts, you double-minded. See, how can we believe, like I believed back then when I was so messed up walking in darkness. Jesus, I'm going to say something funny. Forgive me. I know it's not going to please you. That's being double-minded. That's being foolish. That's not having God in mind. You know, and then I got to a point when I gave my life to Christ that I, that I said, wait a minute, wait a minute. Could I tell that joke to Jesus? Would he be happy with the joke I tell him? And the answer from the Holy Spirit that was placed in my heart was a big no. So now I try, I shouldn't say try. I surrender my thoughts to Christ every day and ask him, please help me to deal with me wanting to go back to the tomb where the old guy was living once before and died right there and was never resurrected because the new guy, Pete, was resurrected in Christ. Those are the things that we have to consider and think about. So being kingdom-minded, we all understand who we, who, I'm sorry, being kingdom-minded, we all understand who are born-again Christians, that we are to be always to submit to God. Order ourselves under God. We are surrendering during good and bad times to a conquering king. And, and I love to describe this about Jesus. The holy one, the righteous one, the faithful one, the sinless one, the unconditional loving one. 
that loves us unconditionally. The last scripture, and then I have, then I have a, a few things that I want to tell you afterwards, so don't pack it up yet. If you could go to Matthew 6, verse 33. 6, verse 33. And you know this one real good. 6, 33. But seek first. Mm, Kingdom-minded people. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things should be added to you. And if we continue walking in kingdom-mindedness, we're not going to think about, well, maybe it's okay if I live with someone before I get married. Oh, I just want to get... No, no, no. That's not of God. Maybe it's okay if I go... I go I'm going to go secretly gambling to the casino. I'm going to make sure that no one sees me. And there you are that one night that there's a church... There's a church next door, and the senior pastor happens to be good friends with Bishop Lyle. Oh, good luck with that. I will be praying for you. But being kingdom-minded takes you giving all of you to him. So in closing, I'm going to give you six characteristics, six things. And if you want to write them down, you can turn on the recording right now. Six characteristics of kingdom-minded, born-again believers. Six characteristics. Number one, kingdom-minded believers follow Jesus. Plain as that. Submitting themselves completely to Christ each and every morning, each and every day, each and every night. Another characteristic of a kingdom-minded, born-again believer, they live God's way. I love that one. They live God's way. How? Because they love the word of, of God. See, when you are kingdom-minded, you and I, we're going to be about walking in the word of God. I know we just went through 100 days, but it was told to you and I, last Sunday don't don't say you're done continue staying in his word every day and if it goes more than 15 minutes go 15 minutes because the more kingdom minded you and I want to be the more we are to be in his holy word which is the only thing that can anchor us it's the only thing that can give us hope and it's the only thing that can deliver us. So that's number two. Number three, kingdom-minded, born-again born Christians, they pray without ceasing. They pray all the time. They don't only pray during bad times. They pray during good times. And they pray for others. Prayer lifts up burdens, and it's a great way to receive divine direction. That could be a whole message in itself. Have you received the divine direction today, tonight, in your life? Number four, they live by faith. Oh, you cannot forget that. They live by faith. Amen. Walking in the truth of God's word. Well, when you walk in the truth of God's word, well, you know he said, he's always told us, I am the way, the truth, and the life. You know that you're, he's building that faith in you and I. So when tough times come, and I don't know if any of you sitting here that have families in the Philippines 
are, are going through tough times because you might have lost a neighbor or a friend that somebody called you and told you. But you know what? Mm. Just pray for that family. Pray for those that are hurting for the lost one. Because like I keep saying over and over like a broken record, our next days are never promised to us. So we got to, a lot of people use this phrase, we got to get on the stick. What do I mean by that? We got to get on the word of God and stand on the word of God for him to always give us the wisdom, that discernment, and that knowledge that we need to deal with the impossibilities that are presented to us in the world outside of these doors. Don't you feel great once you come in here? You have that special covering. I love coming here. Uh, I, I love it because I, I feel like a little kid. And when I prepare for these messages through the Holy Spirit, I'm excited because I feel there's a covering over me. Well, that covering is over you too. Amen. Not because I'm a pastor, I get more covering. Well, I know you're going to say, come on, Pastor P, you're six foot six. Come on, you're covering. You need like a tent over you. Maybe I do. But you know, it's the beauty of Jesus when we know that we have his covering, that we have his covering. Number six in the last one. Advances the kingdom of God. Talking about you and I. Remember what I told you about the gym, that I lost that opportunity last time I was here when that young man was hurting and I didn't go up to him, okay? Advances the kingdom of God by building discipleship relationships. This is something that we need to take very serious in this church because building discipleship relationships are important. And I brought that up in the men's group this past Saturday. We have to incorporate the building of discipleship. Why? Because God said, go out and make disciples. And we need to. We need to bring the word to people so that they feel that they are empowered with the word of God. And that will guide, building relationship that will guide others to be kingdom-minded. So that we understand that when we pray to him, this is what we're asking. So I hope tonight you receive the word. I hope tonight you have a better understanding about being kingdom-minded. I hope you, you, you have a better understanding that we're, we're in the boat together. I know you're going to say, boy, Pastor Pete, that must, must be a pretty big boat we're in. Yeah, we are. But you know what? God may be testing us. But we're going to step out of the boat and trust in him and keep our kingdom-minded focus on Jesus? Or are we going to try to do or have thoughts like I did? Well, if a flood comes to the peninsula of Florida, I'm a good swimmer. I'll be swimming for a long time. <laughs> yeah, right. What a knucklehead. Let's bow our heads and let's go to God. Father God, we 